homily one of homilies on ephesians by st john chrysostom this librivox recording is in the public domain homily one chapter one verses one through two paul an apostle of christ jesus through the will of god to the saints which are at ephesus and the faithful in christ jesus grace to you and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ observe he applies the word through to the father but what then shall we say that he is inferior surely not to the saints saith he which are at ephesus and the faithful in christ jesus observe that he calls saints men with wives and children and domestics for that these are they whom he calls by this name is plain from the end of the epistle as when he says wives be in subjection unto your own husbands and again children obey your parents and servants be obedient to your masters think how great is the indolence that possesses us now how rare is anything like virtue now and how great the abundance of virtuous men must have been then when even secular men could be called saints and faithful grace to you and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ grace is his word and he calls god father since this name is a sure token of that gift of grace and how so hear what he saith elsewhere because ye are sons god sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying abba father and from the lord jesus christ because for us men christ was born and appeared in the flesh verse three blessed be the god he saith and father of our lord jesus christ observe the god of him that was incarnate and though thou wilt not the father of god the word verse three who hath blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in christ he is here alluding to the blessings of the jews for that was blessing also but it was not spiritual blessing for how did it run the lord bless thee he will bless the fruit of thy body and he will bless thy going out and thy coming in but here it is not thus but how with every spiritual blessing and what lackest thou yet thou art made immortal thou art made free thou art made a son thou art made righteous thou art made a brother thou art made a fellow heir thou reignest with christ thou art glorified with christ all things are freely given thee how saith he shall he not also with him freely give us all things thy first fruits is adored by angels by the cherubim by the seraphim what lackest thou yet with every spiritual blessing there is nothing carnal here accordingly he excluded all those former blessings when he said in the world ye have tribulation to lead us on to these 
for as they who possessed carnal things were unable to hear of spiritual things so they who aim at spiritual things cannot attain to them unless they first stand aloof from carnal things what again is spiritual blessing in the heavenly places it is not upon earth he means as was the case with the jews ye shall eat the good of the land unto a land flowing with milk and honey the lord shall bless thy land here we have nothing of this sort but what have we if a man love me he will keep my word and i and my father will come unto him and make our abode with him every one therefore which heareth these words of mine and doeth them shall be likened unto a wise man which built his house upon the rock and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon the rock and what is that rock but those heavenly things which are above the reach of every change every one therefore who saith christ shall confess me before men him will i also confess before my father which is in heaven but whosoever shall deny me him will i also deny again blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god and again blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and again blessed are ye which are persecuted for righteousness sake for great is your reward in heaven observe how everywhere he speaketh of heaven nowhere of earth or of the things on the earth and again our citizenship is in heaven from whence also we wait for a saviour the lord jesus christ and again not setting your mind on the things that are on the earth but on the things which are above in christ that is to say this blessing was not by the hand of moses but by christ jesus so that we surpass them not only in the quality of the blessings but in the mediator also as moreover he saith in the epistle to the hebrews and moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were afterward to be spoken but christ as a son over his house whose house are we verse four even as he proceeds he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blemish before him in love his meaning is somewhat of this sort through whom he hath blessed us through him he hath also chosen us and he then it is that shall bestow upon us all those rewards hereafter he is the very judge that shall say come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world and again i will that where i am they will also be with me and this is a point which he is anxious to prove in almost all his epistles that ours is no novel system but that it had thus been figured from the very first 
that it is not the result of any change of purpose but had been in fact a divine dispensation and foreordained and this is a mark of great solicitude for us what is meant by he chose us in him by means of the faith which is in him christ he means happily ordered this for us before we were born nay more before the foundation of the world and beautiful is that word foundation as though he were pointing to the world as cast down from some vast height yea vast indeed and ineffable is the height of god so far removed not in place but in incommunicableness of nature so wide the distance between creation and creator a word which heretics may be ashamed to hear but wherefore hath he chosen us that we should be holy and without a blemish before him that you may not then when you hear that he hath chosen us imagine that faith alone is sufficient he proceeds to add life and conduct to this end saith he hath he chosen us and on this condition that we should be holy and without blemish and so formerly he chose the jews on what terms this nation saith he hath he chosen from the rest of the nations now if men in their choices choose what is best much more doth god and indeed the fact of their being chosen is at once a token of the loving kindness of god and of their moral goodness for by all means would he have chosen those who were approved he hath himself rendered us holy but then we must continue holy a holy man is he who is a partaker of faith a blameless man is he who leads an irreproachable life it is not however simply holiness and irreproachableness that he requires but that we should appear such before him for there are holy and blameless characters who yet are esteemed as such only by men those who are like whited sepulchres and like such as wear sheep's clothing it is not such however he requires but such as the prophet speaks of and according to the cleanness of my hands what cleanness that which is so in his eyesight he requires that holiness on which the eye of god may look having thus spoken of the good works of these he again recurs to his grace in love saith he having predestinated us because this comes not of any pains nor of any good works of ours but of love and yet not of love alone but of our virtue also for if indeed of love alone it would follow that all must be saved whereas again were it the result of our virtue alone then were his coming needless and the whole dispensation but it is the result neither of his love alone nor yet of our virtue but of both he chose us saith the apostle and he that chooseth knoweth what it is that he chooseth in love he adds 
having foreordained us for virtue would never have saved any one had there not been love for tell me what would paul have profited how would he have exhibited what he has exhibited if god had not both called him from the beginning and in that he loved him drawn him to himself but besides his vouchsafing us so great privileges was the effect of his love not of our virtue because our being rendered virtuous and believing and coming nigh unto him even this again was the work of him that called us himself and yet notwithstanding it is ours also but that on our coming nigh unto him he should vouchsafe us so high privileges as to bring us at once from a state of enmity to the adoption of children this is indeed the work of a really transcendent love verses four five in love saith he having foreordained us unto adoption as sons through jesus christ unto himself do you observe how that nothing is done without christ nothing without the father the one hath predestinated the other hath brought us near and these words he adds by way of heightening the things which have been done in the same way as he says also elsewhere and not only so but we also rejoice in god through our lord jesus christ for great indeed are the blessings bestowed yet are they made far greater in being bestowed through christ because he sent not any servant though it was two servants he sent but the only begotten son himself verse five according to the good pleasure he continues of his will that is to say because he earnestly willed it this is as one might say his earnest desire for the word good pleasure everywhere means the precedent will for there is also another will as for example the first will is that sinners should not perish the second will is that if men become wicked they shall perish for surely it is not by necessity that he punishes them but because he wills it you may see something of the sort even in the words of paul where he says i would that all men were even as myself and again i desire that the younger widows marry bear children by good pleasure then he means the first will the earnest will the will accompanied with earnest desire as in case of us for i shall not refuse to employ even a somewhat familiar expression in order to speak with clearness to the simpler sort for thus we ourselves to express the intentness of the will speak of acting according to our resolve what he means to say then is this god earnestly aims at earnestly desires our salvation wherefore then is it that he so loveth us whence hath he such affection it is of his goodness alone for grace itself is the fruit of goodness 
and for this cause he saith hath he predestinated us to the adoption of children this being his will and the object of his earnest wish that the glory of his grace may be displayed according to the good pleasure of his will he proceeds verse six to the praise of the glory of his grace which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved that the glory of his grace may be displayed he saith which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved now then if for this he hath shown grace to us to the praise of the glory of his grace and that he may display his grace let us abide therein to the praise of his glory what is this that who should praise him that who should glorify him that we that angels that archangels yea or the whole creation and what were that nothing the divine nature knoweth no want and wherefore then would he have us praise and glorify him it is that our love towards him may be kindled more fervently within us he desireth nothing we can render not our service not our praise nor anything else nothing but our salvation this is his object in everything he does and he who praises and marvels at the grace displayed towards himself will thus be more devoted and more earnest which he freely bestowed on us he saith he does not say which he hath graciously given us but wherein he hath shown grace to us that is to say he hath not only released us from our sins but hath also made us meet objects of his love it is as though one were to take a leper wasted by distemper and disease by age and poverty and famine and were to turn him all at once into a graceful youth surpassing all mankind in beauty shedding a bright lustre from his cheeks and eclipsing the sunbeams with the glances of his eyes and then were to set him in the very flower of his age and after that array him in purple and a diadem and all the attire of royalty it is thus that god hath arrayed and adorned this soul of ours and clothed it with beauty and rendered it an object of his delight and love such a soul angels desire to look into yea archangels and all the holy ones such grace hath he shed over us so dear hath he rendered us to himself the king saith the psalmist shall greatly desire thy beauty think what injurious words we uttered heretofore and look what gracious words we utter now wealth has no longer charms for us nor the things that are here below but only heavenly things the things that are in the heavens when a child has outward beauty and has besides a pervading grace in all its sayings do we not call it a beautiful child such as this are the faithful look 
what words the initiated utter what can be more beautiful than that mouth that breathes those wondrous words and with a pure heart and pure lips and beaming with cheerful confidence partaketh of such a mystical table what more beautiful than the words with which we renounce the service of the devil and enlist in the service of christ than both that confession which is before the baptismal laver and that which is after it let us reflect as many of us have defiled our baptism and weep that we may be able again to repair it verse six in the beloved he saith in whom we have our redemption through his blood and how is this not only is there this marvel that he hath given his son but yet further that he hath given him in such a way as that the beloved one himself should be slain yea and more transcendent still he hath given the beloved for them that were hated see how high a price he sets upon us if when we hated him and were enemies he gave the beloved what will he not do now when we are reconciled by him through grace verse seven the forgiveness saith he of our trespasses again he descends from high to low first speaking of adoption and sanctification and blamelessness and then of the passion and in this not lowering his discourse and bringing it down from greater things to lesser no rather he was heightening it and raising it from the lesser to the greater for nothing is so great as that the blood of this son should be shed for us greater this than both the adoption and all the other gifts of grace that he spared not even the son for great indeed is the forgiveness of sins yet this is the far greater thing that it should be done by the lord's blood for that this is far greater than all look how here again he exclaims verses seven and eight according to the riches of his grace which he made to abound toward us the above-mentioned gifts are riches yet is this far more so which saith he he made to abound toward us they are both riches and they have abounded that is to say were poured forth in ineffable measure it is not possible to represent in words what blessings we have in fact experienced for riches indeed they are abounding riches and he has given in abundance riches not of man but of god so that on all hands it is impossible that they should be expressed and to show us how he gave it to such abundance he adds verses eight and nine in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us the mystery of his will that is to say making us wise and prudent in that which is true wisdom and that which is true prudence strange what friendship for he telleth us his secrets 
the mysteries saith he of his will as if one should say he hath made known to us the things that are in his heart for here is indeed the mystery which is full of all wisdom and prudence for what will you mention equal to this wisdom those that were worth nothing it hath discovered a way of raising them to wealth and abundance what can equal this wise contrivance he that was an enemy he that was hated he is in a moment lifted up on high and not this only but yet more that it should be done at this particular time this again was the work of wisdom and that it should be done by means of the cross it were a matter of long discourse here to point out how all this was the work of wisdom and how he had made us wise and therefore he repeats again the words according to his good pleasure which he purposed in him that is to say this he desired this he travailed for as one might say that he might be able to reveal to us the mystery what mystery that he would have man seated up on high and this hath come to pass verse ten unto a dispensation of the fulness of the times to sum up all things in christ the things in the heavens and the things upon the earth even in him heavenly things he means to say hath been severed from earthly they had no longer one head so far indeed as the system of the creation went there was over all one god but so far as management of one household went this amid the widespread of gentile error was not the case but they had been severed from his obedience unto a dispensation saith he of the fulness of the times the fulness of the times he calls it observe with what nicety he speaks and whereas he points out the origination the purpose the will the first intention as proceeding from the father and the fulfilment and execution as effected by the agency of the son yet nowhere does he apply to him the term minister he chose us saith he in him having foreordained us unto adoption as sons through jesus christ to himself and to the praise of the glory of his grace in whom we have redemption through his blood which he purposed in him unto a dispensation of the fulness of the times to sum up all things in christ and nowhere hath he called him minister if however the word in and the word by implies a mere minister look what the matter comes to just in the very beginning of the epistle he used the expression through the will of the father the father he means willed the son wrought but neither does it follow that because the father willed the son is excluded from the willing nor because the son wrought that the father is deprived of the working but to the father and the son all things are common 
for all mine are thine saith he and thine are mine the fullness of the times however was his coming after then he had done everything by the ministry both of angels and of prophets and of the law and nothing came of it and it was well nigh come to this that man had been made in vain brought into the world in vain nay rather to his ruin when all were absolutely perishing more fearfully than in the deluge he devised this dispensation that is by grace that it might not be in vain might not be to no purpose that man was created this he calls the fullness of the times and wisdom and why so because at that time when they were on the very point of perishing then they were rescued that he might sum up he saith what is the meaning of this word sum up it is to knit together let us however endeavour to get near the exact import with ourselves then in common conversation the word means the summing into a brief compass things spoken at length the concise account of matters described in detail and it has this meaning for christ hath gathered up in himself the dispensations carried on through a lengthened period that is to say he hath cut them short for by finishing his word and cutting it short in righteousness he both comprehended former dispensations and added others beside this is the meaning of summing up it has also another signification and of what nature is this he hath set over all one and the same head that is christ according to the flesh alike over angels and men that is to say he hath given to angels and men one and the same government to the one the incarnate to the other god the word just as one might say of a house which has some part decayed and the other sound he hath rebuilt the house that is to say he has made it stronger and hath laid a firmer foundation so also here he hath brought all under one and the same head for thus will an union be effected thus will a close bond be effected if one and all can be brought under one and the same head and thus have some constraining bond of union from above honoured then as we are with so great a blessing so high a privilege so great loving-kindness let us not shame our benefactor let us not render in vain so great grace let us exemplify the life of angels the virtue of angels the conversation of angels yea i entreat and conjure you that all these things turn not to our judgment nor to our condemnation but to our enjoyment of those good things which may god grant we may all attain in christ jesus our lord with whom to the father together with the holy ghost be glory strength etc etc and of homily one